Jewish Latin Princess, Episode 82, Elana Malstein, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist and Creator of the 2B Mindset. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Do you wish you could lose 20, 30, 40 pounds, maybe more, and keep them off? My guest today lost 100 pounds and has kept them off over the years, eating real food, ladies. Not only that, but she's created the highly successful To Be Mindset weight loss program, which is helping thousands of people lose the weight, keep it off, and transform their lives. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. I have Elana Molstein on the show. Elana is a registered dietitian with a master's in nutrition and is on a mission to help people lose weight in a way that is simple, sensible, and sustainable. And yes, she's also a mother. She's a mother, Blian Hara, of two children. So how did Elana come to gain so much weight and how did she finally end up losing it and keeping it off again she's a mother so she says genetics is not an excuse and obviously pregnancy and birth is also not an excuse how does she do it what is unique to her method as opposed to others Elana is full of life and as she says she's all about abundance not restriction positivity and not negativity and that is evident in her work and in the way she approaches weight loss we talk about that and mindset Judaism and food huh and of course parenting here's the fun Elana Molstein Alana Molstein, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Your amazing story, a beautiful career. You're a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition science, and you're the creator of the 2B Mindset Weight Loss Program. And and that's all incredible and amazing, and I want to get to all of that. But on top of that, you have your own personal story of weight loss, of losing 100 pounds and keeping them off and all eating real food. So yeah. I was like, a minute. I kept I kept looking at what you teach your your coaching clients and your method and your to be mindset method. And I was like program and I was like, we need to talk. I'm so intrigued by what you've gone through by what you do. So thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm a Jewish woman and mother. I'm Ashkenaz. My family is um, Eastern European. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I married into a Jewish Latin family. No way. Where's your yeah. husband? from? So my husband and his family are from Los Angeles, but there we have so much, we have so many cousins in Mexico City um, coming from Guadalajara. Um, we have a, he has a huge Latin side. His mother was born in Argentina and she's a huge fan of yours. Um, she loved you had a Spanish episode. She was obsessed. <laughs> um, so my mother-in-law is Argentinian and then his other side is Mexican. And I mean, we have empanadas with chicken soup next oh to a Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love it. Oh yeah. 
And I love it too. I love, I mean, I grew up with grilled cheese in New York and that's a idea to him. So it's like, oh, we're hungry. Let's make a quesadilla. I'm like, you mean like grilled cheese? Like, it's just, it's funny. I love it. That's so cool. So there you go. Another Jewish Latin princess. <laughs> yeah. So I, I take it on wholeheartedly. I love it. Um, I love all the Latin traditions. I love the weddings we get to go to with um, that influence, the glam, the glitz. Yeah. <laughs> They're such better partiers than we are, so I'm very into it. Very, very nice. Um, I'm glad that uh, that you found me and that there's uh, this little in- connection that I didn't know about. So mm-hmm. before you got married to this wonderful Latin Jewish Latin family, <laughs> you <laughs> you went through a whole journey that is pretty astonishing, and I want to start with the story of you losing a hundred pounds and keeping it them off. When Elena, when did that when I guess when did the struggle with weight or maybe we should call it the rocky relationship with food begin? Oh, earlier than you could even imagine. My uh my mom and my dad were constant dieter strugglers with their weight. And my parents also got divorced when I was about four years old. We were food obsessed family. Uh, every event revolved around food. My dad's big joke in the house was always kids. What's better than food? Free food. (laughs) Are you serious? Wow. I promise. We love, love, love food. Every time we were invited to a wedding, an event, um, it was always about okay, we got to get there early for the smorgasbord. Like who's catering? Like everything was always revolved around food. Sunday mornings were bagels, like the size of my face with lots of cream cheese and lots of locks, um, lots of challah, lots of mayonnaise mm. on challah. Like just, just everything was just very food focused. And I'd watch, you know, my parents do this like silly crash diet and then just binge it and gain it all back. And so I, that was my food influence at a very young age. And I you know, with the divorce happening and everything and, you know, feeling a little lonely at times, I'd find myself emotional eating. And I'm talking like eight years, third grade, fourth grade, I was twice the size of my friends. I just blew up. I couldn't, you know, at sleepovers, I can never share clothes or any of that stuff. I couldn't do gymnastics. I was so insecure on the playground that I was, you know, I mean, I was obese before. I know this sounds weird, but before it was a trend. The rates of pediatric obesity when I was young and obese mm-hmm. were nowhere near what it is today, being one in five and one in six kids, unfortunately. Like, I was the heavy kid, not just in my grade, but um, in my school. And um, at a very early age, my doctor sent me to weight loss camp. So I, uh, I went with... Weight yeah. loss camp? Is that weight. even a thing? Oh, it's a thing. I mean, it's dubbed as fat camp. That's probably how you heard of it. I like to uh, put a positive spin on it. Uh Uh, But yeah, I mean, all my friends in school would go to Jewish camps and I would go to this not Jewish uh, weight loss camp. And I would tell all my friends I'm going to a sports camp and I would try to make up these excuses of something sounding fancier. But at eight years old, I had to weigh in, get measured, take before pictures and basically work out 14 hours a day, get 
pre-portioned meals. Okay, my heart is breaking for you right now. You know what? I loved it (laughs) because, you know, I loved it because I felt comfortable there. And, you know, as much as I thankfully never got made fun of or anything in school, Mm -hmm. there was definitely a barrier with my friends that I was able to, you know, just connect with these kids at a different level. Like we came from different backgrounds and we went back to different schools and communities. But at the same time that summer, I was able to be free. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to associate weight loss at an early age with a really positive thing because I didn't have to work so hard for it. They kind of do everything for you. They just give you the food and you eat it. But you know, there was color war involved and things like that. And I would come back to school and everyone would compliment me. But aside from everyone complimenting me, nothing else changed. I would go right back to my eating ways. I I not only gain all the weight back, I gain it all back and so much more. Was uh, it because they this there was something in the mindset that still wasn't being worked on? I mean, totally, uh-huh. totally. I mean, from a, a camp perspective, you know, they're they're feeding kids who love food, so they're not going to give you kale and salmon like they were giving us pizza. But instead of me being able to eat the whole pie, it was a little square. Uh-huh. You know, so you just go back to eating pizza, and now you five times the volume because I'm a, a volume eater. So nothing was really a sustainable and you couldn't work out 14 hours a day. You have to sit in class. So the program wasn't sustainable, but also, you know, everything around my house didn't change just because my summer did. Mm-hmm. And uh, my emotional eating would just creep up again. And I think that I was in, you know, creating that negative diet mentality that I would kind of get into this habit of, well, I guess I can go all out because I'm just going to go back to camp in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I did rely on camp to help me lose weight in the summer so I could kind of like go back and and binge throughout the school year and I I hate to admit it y'all but I definitely repeated that yo-yo habit for longer than I'd like to admit I mean I went to that camp for about seven years wow so this goes all the way through almost high school Almost to to eighth grade, eighth grade, to middle school. And I was just like, yeah, between like eight and 13, I would just like go every summer. And it, it broke my dad's heart because he always wanted me to go to Jewish camps. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like my siblings, like the other kids in my class. Um, and I, you know, I, I liked. So I, let I, me cut you off here a second, because now you mentioned that you have siblings. You mentioned that you're, there was something about your parents' behavior around food. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there genetics involved here? Like, did your siblings go through the same or were you the only one? Uh, yeah, no, it's a great question. I have the fat gene. Like, we totally have the fat gene. As a family, we have extremely slow metabolisms. To this day, we do. Okay, but, so this is a real thing that listeners should uh, know about. Listen, listen, I will tell you, because now I am, you know, very thankful. I went from 215 pounds to 115 to 120 pounds. I will tell you, sure, there's a gene element, y'all, mm-hmm. but that is not what people can leave as an excuse. Okay. So I, so as a family, I think, you know, we all tried to use that as an excuse, but at the end of the day, I would go to my friends' homes who, you know, their parents were smaller at the same time when my family would talk about a wedding. Like I said, it was all about the food. When I'd go mm-hmm. to friends' homes, they were thinking about who's the florist, who's the couple, who are they marrying? You know, who's the who's the band? Right. So uh, it's not so much genetics. There is a, a, a behavioral and mindset component that is probably much bigger. 
Is that we what you're saying? All, we all get served with different genetic and things like that components. But if we all just use that as an excuse to not make changes of things that we totally can control, you're going to be a mess. And I had to figure that out the hard way. So I got to uh, in eighth grade, I was about 13 years old. I was at my highest weight. I mean, literally imagine I was wearing a size 20. I had to wear skirts to school. So Gap.com and OldNavy.com had size 20 because they didn't have that in stores at the time. And Gosh. my friends were still shopping in Gap Kids. I mean, so I would uh, custom make clothes with my mom for Shabbos. So we would go to um, downtown New York. We'd pick up fabric. We'd go to a dressmaker on the Upper West Side of Manhattan um, named Willie. If people oh <laughs> are from the East, they know Willie because he makes every bridesmaid dress. <laughs> and he made me regular weekend clothes because I didn't, I couldn't fit. And that summer, I went to Camp Shane, which was the weight loss camp. And I went with, and I was, I'll never forget. I was in morning stretch. We would always have morning stretch after breakfast, and I just looked down at my body and I'm like stretching on this field that I've been stretching on since I'm eight years old every summer and I'm seeing all my rolls and all my fat and everything is just jiggling and I looked down at my ankles and I looked down at my toes and I, I literally just said to myself in my head Alana this is it this is your body Hashem gave you one God gave you one. It's not going anywhere. You have this one body. Just make it rock. Mm -hmm. Just be happy in it. Just be enough with this. And I I'll, I promise I'll never forget it. And I'll never get that. And that and then I just took it to the next level. Every elective we had in camp, instead of doing art, instead of doing whatever, I would do step aerobics. I would run the track. And I was like, mm -hmm. just I'm going to high school. Like enough, Alana. Like stop bringing all this weight with you, this baggage, this thing. Like stop expecting your parents to make all these shit. Stop expecting your jeans to get the best of you. It's not, this is not what you want. Mm -hmm. You want to be in smaller jeans. You want to be attractive to the boys and not just be that side friend and have your friends get all the attention. Like enough, you know? And um, I did. And I, and then I just really started figuring it out. So that summer I uh, lost about 35 pounds. I went to, I got into like 185 and I was like, Alana, enough is enough. Like you're not going back into those two hundreds. You're, you're, it's like enough, like mm -hmm. Five foot two, three, like four inches tops. I mean, that's what I meant now. But it's just like enough. And um, I got to high school and things also start to shift in high school. You know, it starts to become kind of cool to bring a salad for lunch, you know, and yeah, I see I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you go to a spin class with your friends and and I, I and whether it was cool or not. I didn't matter. I was going to figure out how to make this work for my life. So I started really, and by the way, I always wanted to be a registered dietitian. I knew since I'm nine, eight years old, I wanted to be a registered dietitian. Even when I wasn't practicing what I was preaching, mm -hmm. I was loving nutrition because I've been taking nutrition classes every summer, three times a week <laughs> since I'm eight years old. Like I honestly think I have more formal nutrition education than anyone in existence <laughs> because I've literally been sitting, I've been going to nutrition. I mean, we had to have these nutrition classes looking at the change of the food guide pyramid. When I got to college and girls were learning the history of it, I was like, you could teach the course. <laughs> so, um, I always wanted to be a registered dietitian. I love the idea of being able to talk about food. They always looked, you know, sweet and happy. They were always good with me. So I, uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a registered dietitian. So I started, you know, figuring out Alana, you lost this weight, you know how to do it, but you have to make it work for you because the summer camp's not 
working. It's not, you know, you're going to pizza with your friends on Saturday nights. You're going, you have all these holidays. You have Sukkot, you have Purim, you have Shavuot, which is all that cheesecake, which is your weakness. Like, how are you going to navigate this? So I started pulling together because I'm very creative. I'm, I'm kind of a food hacker. I've been dubbed. And I started thinking, what are these flavors you always loved? How can you keep bringing them up? So I started creating my egg white pizzas, which I, I mean, if you don't know them, like follow me on Instagram, and they just will change your life. I started making my wonder whips, which are basically I would make them t- like these big Greek yogurt concoctions, but it literally tastes like a Reese's pieces because I put in so much like peanut butter powder and stevia to make it sweet. And I'll do shaved chocolate. And it's just so satisfying, but actually keep me full. And then I started started realizing I'm such a volume eater, like bring on the veggies, I would take three Uh boxes of of bird's eye frozen broccoli with at the time, it was like, I can't believe it's on butter spray and salt. And I would eat that in a huge bowl at night instead of popcorn. Like I started just figuring out how can I take my volume eating my emotional eating habits and find a way to not say if I'm doomed because of them, but how can I actually work them to help me keep losing my weight and learn to keep it off and still have fun? This and is an important point, Jelana, because I, I I could see how pe- a person could kind of lose hope. You use the word doom, like feel like, you know what, I'm just doomed to be this way. This is the way, you know, I've been this weight for many years. I've always been overweight. This is just it and kind of lose hope. Do you see that often your clients? Oh, my gosh. It's like the, the idea that things that anything is too late in life, I think is literally the killer of everything. Um, I think it's like the heart of depression. Mm-hmm. And I there's one line I absolutely love. I won't curse on your show. And I don't want to curse in general. But there's one line that I say to myself all the time, which is, it's never too late to get it together. Right. You know, I work with a lot of moms and who tell me their kid is picky and the kid is doomed. I'm like, your kid is 10 years old. Like, hopefully this kid is going to live 110 more years. Like, Mm -hmm. and there are literally thousands of vegetables and things that he's never even seen, tried or tasted. Like, how can you say such a thing about your child who needs to come around and eat better? Like, I mean, but people do this with their marriages. People do this with their finances. Like, it's just, it's just a bad mindset to have and one that I never refuse to succumb to. So I always like, even if I gain a couple of pounds now, after holidays, after anything, I just say to myself, listen, it's never too late to get it together. And I always say, you can always lose weight as fast as you can gain it. Um, you know, a lot of people have this mentality, like so easy to gain weight, but it'll take forever to lose it. It's not true. <laughs> like, really? and I, I'll, oh, I swear you can gain five pounds over a Shabbos or over a holiday. You can lose it five back then the next week. And a lot of it's bloat or whatever. It's so people create all of the it's so honestly all it's so sad in my private practice I work with so many moms um I mean that's my specialty you know moms mm-hmm. eaters you know kids I mean I see everyone I see husbands I see everything but um goodness it's it's that negative mindset like everything is too late uh, I'm helpless or hopeless that it just causes blockages and in, in getting to the best life that everyone can have and yeah but, but- and it's believing that you can't get there that stops people from ever even trying and that's exactly exactly but I feel like Elena you were so blessed because what I'm hearing is you struggle through your childhood now you're in high school and you're really finally getting it together yeah but 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 my goodness how did that how did that click 
at, at, at one would say such a vulnerable age, like one would think like this is a, precisely when people fall into this trap, you know, no, in high I school. I never dieted and I never, I like tried Weight Watchers for five minutes. I lost like five pounds in four months. I'm like, this is crap. Like I like not, I'm not to hate on Weight Watchers because mm -hmm. they think, but for me, it just wasn't working. Like I need a, I need a free, I'm a super, like people, my weight loss program, the number one thing people tell me aside from I lost so weight, so much weight and I feel so good is it's so simple. Like I made it so simple. I, cause I live a busy life. I like to do a lot of things. I like to be super social. I like to go out. I like to do a lot and I couldn't have the weight and I can't overthink my food. I gotta like eat. I gotta eat a lot. I gotta get full and I gotta be able to move on. I can't be mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I'm still hungry or any of that nonsense. Like if you saw how much I eat, like people are always, they love sitting with me at a Shabbos meal and seeing that like I go for it. Like lots of veggies. Like I'll eat like every side dish on the table. I'll have brisket. I love a good chillant. Like I'll totally try the dessert, especially if it's like, if, it, if it's chocolate, I always say it's worth it. Um, <laughs> like, and so one thing that really always kept me going is I think because I was always overweight, I never really had a point where I was thinner. So I didn't really have this, oh, I'm going to be this tiny size two or zero because that was way too far off for me to ever even conceptualize. Uh -huh. So I always just said, Alana, just go two pounds at a time. You know, if I was 187, I would think about 185. When I was 168, I would think about 166. When I was 154, I would think about 152. And I, you know, that's a big principle of my program because I truly and sincerely, I say this in my program videos, like in the Chibi Mindset videos, I really, truly and sincerely lost my 100 pounds, two pounds at a time. And that's what helped me get there like I wouldn't have never and I see with my clients anytime one of my clients someone doing the to be mindset program is frustrated anytime someone gets unmotivated anyone anytime someone gets just so negative when I get to the heart of it a lot of it is but I have 30 to go and uh -huh. if, if you have 30 to go and you lost five and you're not celebrating the five then you're it's like what's the point you can't think of right every that's exactly the word I was going to use to celebrate you know you got to celebrate those wins otherwise how are you going to keep going right absolutely and you gotta keep looking forward of what you want to be um and you know it's interesting so and fast forwarding into my story. So throughout high school, I just kept using my, my tools, my, my tricks, my tips. I would just soak up anytime I saw someone who was a friend who was quote unquote naturally skinny, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't get jealous. I would be really inspired. I would be like, okay, I would, I would hang out with them. You know, I would have a sleepover. I would listen to what her mom was doing, what her mom was serving. And I started seeing like, you know, they're having, you know, this food but there's they're not really talking about guilt and they're not talking about restriction i mean mm -hmm. and they're going they're, they're going on a run together or on a bike ride not because it's exercise to burn calories but because it's a fun family activity i would just kind of like soak up what and when they would prepare for events i would listen and be like, what are we all gonna wear who's gonna go i mean it, i just i would i'd see wow it's so different than what i've been accustomed to thinking it's and i really start to say don't be jealous don't be hopeful but but be inspired and try to make this practical for your own life and I um I essentially so I kept losing weight I went to the University of Maryland I 
continued to lose weight studying nutrition. I was in a sorority. I did the whole party thing. I would go out to, you know, out with my friends. Everyone would come back and eat bagels and pizza. I would, you know, open a can of hearts of palm Mm -hmm. and um, uh, canned artichokes and things like that. And I would pour like miso sesame ginger all over that. (laughs) Instead of ordering Chinese takeout late at night, I would just use all of my little hacks and tips and ideas and stay focused on, you know, just partying, having fun, socializing, maybe having a boyfriend or two and still losing weight and and, and getting to where I want to be. So how did you how did you avoid this getting into a trap of, God forbid, turning into anorexia or something critical like that, right? You know, my mother passed away two years ago and... um, you know, before she passed away, I, you know, she was a huge integral part in shaping my positive mindset around nutrition and food. And unfortunately, it's a lot of it is due to the fact that she had such a negative one, um, which is, it's really sad. It's kind of like she took the fall for me, like I had to unfortunately be um, privy to and exposed to a really negative relationship with food Mm -hmm. in order to really, really to the core of my being know what I never want to do. And you know, I, you know, before she passed away, I'm like, mom, like, what, like, is it okay if I ever talk to that? And she, she's such a beautiful heart and she has such a beautiful soul. And as big as I was, she always told me I was beautiful and always kept me positive and always celebrated when I would lose weight, but never tell me that I had to. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I, she said, you know, Alana, anything you want to share with my story that you think would help others, you know, you're, you're pleased do. And she's, she really, and that's, you know, I get that from her. Like every wow. that I did to lose weight, I want to share with the world. Like I, everyone should do my to be mindset program. Cause it's, it's literally like thousands of all my tips and tricks and suggestions. And it's easy and it's simple and it's actually fun. And I, I just, I believe life is better shared and good things are better, you know, yeah. sh- and if I learn an amazing product, it doesn't matter if I, you know, I love, I want people to know about it, you know, cause it's delicious and helps you lose weight and it feels good. I mean, I just, I, I want to, you know, I, 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 everyone feels better. Everyone, everyone feels better when they feel more in control with their food, when they have a better relationship with their eating, when they're more confident in their bodies, what then you you tell you talk to yourself so much better all day. I mean, my clients when you do the two B mindset, and if you're one of my private clients, you're cheering yourself on all day long. Mm. Like, good job, you just did that, and good for you. And it's never you can't have that, you don't have that. I I don't I never I never fell for the nose because they always see it just made my mom and everyone else I saw exposed dieting around me. It just made them want it more, feel deprived, and I'm about abundancy. I like to focus on what we are doing, right. celebrate what you are getting. And, you know, with the 2B mindset, it's not like calorie counting or points counting where all day you're counting down and, oh my God, I ate too much and now I have nothing left. It's the opposite. It's like, did I have enough of that? Did I have enough of that? Oh, I need to drink more water. I need to get more veggies and I, I didn't have enough protein. That's going to keep me full. It's, it's so much more of like an abundance uh, way of looking at food and life. And um, thankfully- I, I love I, it, Lana. So I, I could see- See how, and tell me if this is this rings true, I could see how a person who goes through your program or any type of, you know, transformation in their relationship with food can also achieve transformation in other areas of their life, correct? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, when people say to me, it's people cry to me. I mean, people, I mean, I just did an appearance um, 
a Beachbody Summit appearance in um, Indianapolis in June, a month after I had my son. And I mean, it was amazing. I mean, there was like 20,000 people there um, waiting in line to talk to me and hug me and take pictures of me. But I mean, just Fry just telling me like, it. when you lose weight with me, you're not just losing the physical weight. The physical weight is an embodiment of the emotional weight you're also giving up. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, I don't want anyone to lose weight. It's, it's, it's sustainable. Like, I don't want anyone. My thing is like, I don't want you to lose. I don't care if you lost 10 pounds. If you don't think it's sustainable and you're going to gain it back. Like I have, there's over 200,000 people doing my to be mindset program since the launch six months ago. I get thousands of of messages every day of people who've lost 30, 40, 50 pounds, five, their last stubborn five, they're at their pre baby weight. And I'm very thankful, but y'all to be honest, I will not stop working. I will not like sleep well at night until it's like 20, 35. Um, and I know that all these people kept it off. Um, but cause I want, cause, and I know they will, but I just, I just have to stay on top of my game and make sure I I continue to motivate people. But you know, what people tell me is sure they lost the physical weight, sure they got to their pre-baby weight and size and all that stuff, but their marriages are just so much better. They're just more confident in the bedroom. Like they just they're more they have more energy with their kids. Like they just feel better. And also they're you're you're looking at yourself and I always say the more you improve yourself, the more you impress yourself. Hmm. If you focus on improving yourself and then you actually, you know, see, wow, I I actually like ordered the side salad and I wasn't grabbing for my kids fries. Like as I was cleaning up his plate, like you actually make these mental notes of like, go mom, like go me, you know, I'm that's such an awesome. And so when you're constantly cheerleading yourself on, how do you think you're talking to your husband and your kids? You're just like, and I mean, I am so close with my daughter. I know she's three and a half, my Olivia, but we're so close. And we went to a beautiful Etta Israel um, gala last night. It's an amazing organization. And, you know, she goes, Mommy, you look so beautiful. And Daddy, you look so handsome. And I, I said to my husband, like, it's so sweet. But it's because we tell her that. And we just, it, when you're thinking positive, you're speaking positive. And when you create that atmosphere and environment, you're, everything around you is just going to glow for the better. Every, it, it will manifest itself in ways that you can never imagine how you see people at events everyone thinks that everyone's judging them everyone thinks that people are looking at them at a table like wondering what they're eating no one cares no one cares <laughs> no, one cares. no one cares they're thinking about themselves everyone is just thinking about themselves and i i honestly believe anytime people are so focused on what other people are thinking they are not thinking and focused enough on them on their own selves and what what they can do and so it's incredibly introspective and positive and that absolutely shines beautifully in other areas of people. I mean, women tell me their businesses skyrocket. Yeah, I was going to say, because imagine if you're celebrating your wins in this, you you gain confidence, which means that when you need to increase your prices, because that's the nature of your business, you'll do it with confidence or when you need to negotiate or whatever it might be, right? Totally. When you prove to yourself that hard work paid off, it's the best feeling on earth. Right. You know, I, I, I took a, uh, I took a fitness class recently and it was like so hard and the instructor, which I'm, <laughs> I like to do that once in a while and I don't like to push myself. So I like exercise to be fun, but, um, it was actually just a really hard class. And the instructor had that, like, this is about to be hard mentality versus like, <laughs> 
more like this is gonna be fun let's have a good time but but it you know if you if it doesn't challenge you it doesn't change you and I think I literally came out of that class with such a empowering sensation and the instructor said in the class which is so I loved it but he said if it were easy everyone would be doing it right right and I think so many people are scared of being different and people should be more scared about being the same mm-hmm Absolutely, absolutely. I want to go back to the emotional component because you mentioned it that you're not when a person comes to you and they start losing the weight, they're not just losing the weight, they're losing the whole emotional weight that went there. Kyle, just so you know, because I know you're like really trim and you're fit and that <laughs> I can study you for years and figure out all your little things that help you stay that way. Because honestly, everyone after 25, it's it's game over. Everyone needs a system and needs to figure it out. But I will tell you, anyone who's I really believe and I can say this because I was 100 pounds heavier, I was 80 pounds heavier, I was 60 pounds heavier, I was 30 pounds heavier, and I work with people at every size. Mm -hmm. But anyone carrying more than 40 pounds of weight to them, it comes to a point, it's something so deeper. Right. It's something so deeper. It's using food for boredom. It's using food for loneliness. It's using food for a distraction, a procrastination from doing something else in life. It's, It's sadness. It's anxiousness. It's stress. It's after the kids go to sleep and feeling like you just need to, you know, have something of your own. Um, Right. It's something from the, it's something emotional that it's, I've even had guests on the show who have told me that it really is rooted in your soul. Like your soul is thirsty for something spiritual Mm -hmm. that you're not nourishing it with. So when you're working with clients, or maybe I should ask it for yourself, when you started going through this transformation, did you feel like the emotional pain, whatever whatever it was that was leading you to the emotional eating and you know I know the divorce and maybe the relationships at home were those things at the same same time getting solved for you or you were working on yourself do you see what I'm saying like yeah um totally I mean I think when I was younger I didn't take to therapy at all I think putting a kid on a couch in that setting is just I don't know um but I found I you know, I, one of the best things women tell me, I mean, on, and I'll say women specifically because mm-hmm. yeah. men, I haven't heard a lot of men give me this, but every, when, I mean, when women tell me this line, it's actually, I like to hear this more than I like to hear I've lost weight. Um, I love when women tell me they have, they feel like they finally have control. Mm. I think women love control. And I think there's so much in life that feels so out of our control. Like men have their body their whole life. We like literally give our bodies up like, <laughs> and, 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 and PMS and all these things. Like we're constant, our bodies are constantly morphing away from us and we just want to get control over it. We are, we, we have balanced so much and we just want that sense of control. And I think when my personal life was spiraling so out of control and we were moving and I had to get used to new step parents and step siblings and everything was just mm-hmm. up in the air and chaotic and, and just a disaster <laughs> in so right. many my sister will talk a lot more bluntly about uh, the chaos of her job, of our upbringing, but um, I'm thankful for it all. And I, we're still so, we're such a close family, I think, because of it. But, um, you know, I think having that sense of control around my food and finding it, I found to be extremely therapeutic. Mm. And actually being able to control my weight and not just see it like spiral out of control, I found it extremely therapeutic. I think um, exer, like, just, I'm not 
like this super intense exerciser, but um, I, it, it is my therapy. It's kind of like my moving therapy. I don't know if I answer your no, question. No, 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 spot on, it, yeah. It feel like I was emotionally evolving through my weight loss and my upbringing. I, my, I mean, my mother was a, first of all, she was like a therapist. She was a special ed teacher. She was an extremely sentimental and an emotional human being. Mm -hmm. And then she became a psych nurse later in life. So we, I, I was always very exposed to people's emotional disorders, emotional distress while being able to, we were, we're very, my family, we would always say, stop psychoanalyzing me. I think at a very young age, my parents exposed us to real adult thinking of introspection and psychology. And so a lot of people tell me I'm like their food therapist and things like that. And I'm certainly, you know, a leading expert when it comes to emotional eating, I tackle it like heavy and full on because mm -hmm. I have a lot of personal and professional experience in the field. But yes, I mean, when people work with me and they do my program, it's you're, you're gaining control over your food, which is a huge manifestation of your emotions. Mm -hmm. and in that you do better overcome your life situations and you're better at a and better able to solve medium things. But I always recommend people also then or along with see a psychologist or do what they need to do or join a group so they really can get to that root okay. because that's not my, I, I'm a registered dietitian by training. I have a tight scope of practice. And when I'm working with someone who is such an emotional eater, I need to focus on, on what I can do and best help them, like best ways to overcome this craving and how to set yourself up for success. So you don't have these spiraling out situations, but at the end of the day, they need to do some deeper work and get to the core of why do you feel so empty that you think food is going to be the thing to fill you up? There we go. So, so it's, it's two parts of the equation. There's the practical that this is what you should be eating, how you should be eating it and setting up yourself for success in that, right? And then there's the emotional work that it many, and it, oftentimes people have to get additional help to really well, that, go through. that's when it's really that's when it's really deep I mean thankfully my program scales really far I mean 200,000 people in six months and growing is is amazing so I think most people it's good because it's enough it's, it's really if you have like a stronger deeper thing you're gonna have to unroot it and it's usually right. after it's like the first 30 40 that you realize it's the next 20 isn't going to go anywhere until you deal with it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, my program is incredibly different. The to be mindset is different than, I mean, anything. I mean, it's not like whole 30. It's not Let's like, talk you know, about it. Let's yeah, it, tell us so, what it is, because I know it also requires tracking. Tell us how it works. Right. Well, uh, essentially, I'll also say the, the key difference between the to be mindset and any other program is I, you know, I'm a registered dietitian, I'm a nutritionist, it's a, certainly a nutritional component, I tell you exactly what you should eat and how to navigate that without ever telling you what you need to do. But if you go to any kind of restaurant, like here are great suggestions on what you should do, mm -hmm. and how to set yourself up. And this is how you want to design your breakfast and your lunch, and your dinner and your snack. And of course, you're gonna like, have an idea of what to eat on a daily basis, how to grocery store shop and everything. But I also, unlike any other program that exists, I, it's also very emotional. I talk about emotional eating and it's behavioral. All the ask, all the behaviors around food. Um, if you want more, if you want seconds, how to go about it. Cause I love seconds. Like, you know, so it's <laughs> very, it's behavioral, emotional, and nutritional. And that full encompass is why it's so successful. 
Um, okay, so I'll fast forward to how I created the program. <laughs> yes, yes. How did ta- yeah, exactly. So you go to school to become a registered dietitian. So at what point do you create the program? Well, I am very fortunate that by the time I graduated University of Maryland, I had also been down 75 pounds and kept it off through for many years at that point. And upon graduating, I met my husband and moved out to Los Angeles. And I actually got hired by UCLA right away. Mm-hmm. And I did my residency kind of dietitians have to do a residency like a dietetic internship through a hospital. So I did it at City of Hope and I um, which is a it's like Sloan Kettering. It's a cancer hospital. I did, you know, I kind of tapped into the other fields. I worked with diabetics. I worked with cardiologists. But at the end of the day, my passion and my expertise is in weight loss. So I started seeing patients of every kind at UCLA. I was initially hired. I was seeing people um, with inflammatory diseases. I was seeing people, I mean, everyone UCLA gave me um, a wide array of practicality with every kind of issue. So I'm very thankful that I I can work with, you know, people of, uh, I mean, and I have, I'm trained and experienced to work with many different disorders um, and treatments of medical nutrition therapy and different diseases. But at the end of the day, I love weight loss and UCLA knew that. So they started thinking about and brainstorming and with me and they have this BHIP, which is Bruin Health Improvement Program, where they offer a lot of fitness, free fitness classes to UCLA employees. And they want to take the weight loss to the next level. And they created this program called the Bruin Health health improvement program, BHIP.5, which was people who really wanted to specialize in weight loss and had to lose 40 or more pounds. And it was a lottery system. So thousands of UCLA employees would try to get into the program. They had 40 or more pounds to lose. And I would get 100 at the start of the semester. And UCLA gave me 12 weeks and 100 UCLA employees ranging from janitors, professors, teachers, secretaries, cooks in the kitchen, everything, Mm -hmm. every age, every demographic. And I had 12 weeks to create a weight loss course. And I started taking everything I've done and created and learned through schooling and practicality and everything. And I put together a 12 week course. And in 12 weeks, the average weight loss was about 10 or 11 pounds for the group. And UCLA was very happy, but it was a grant funded program and you always need to see improvement. So I said, great job. Let's see if you can do it again. Second semester, I got the average weight loss to 13 pounds. And in in addition to working with the 100 people in a class setting, I also got to meet with every single person one on one. And I started discovering everyone's issues. I mean, whether you're Dominican or Italian or like what are all the, or if you're fasting for Lent, I mean, like what is everyone's struggle? What's everyone's emotional, behavioral, uh, you know, familial? Like what is everyone's issues and how do I help people master it and best? So I don't think anyone has more experience because I literally have worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. I ended up teaching 10 semesters. Wow. Uh, yeah. And in addition, I'm still working in another UCLA clinic, when I, which I was working with tons of a whole different population of people injured um, who need to get stronger because they had on the job injuries while starting my private practice, which started with very heavy um, uh, Jewish population, not that they're physically heavy, but like heavily populated <laughs> by Jewish people, <laughs> but heavily populated with like 
Jewish people because that was my community. So I ended up meeting with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, private practice at UCLA, and I kept mastering the class and the order in which I was teaching things and the delivery in which I was teaching things. So by the 10th semester I taught at UCLA, this weight loss seminar, it, the weight loss had gone from 10 pound average to 22 pound average, 23 pound average in 12 weeks. It ended up being about two pounds a week weight loss um, average, which was amazing, like awesome. So from their perspective. So at that point, I'm at Beachbody. Beachbody is the, um, oh God, they're like a billion dollar incredible fitness company. At the time, they were mostly fitness. Now with my program, they are definitely fitness and nutrition company, even more so than they were tapping into. And um, they're the brilliant creators behind P90X, Insanity, Pio, like all these amazing fitness programs that we all know and love and so many moms love because right. they're at home video programs that you could do postpartum. So I met Beachbody and I basically pitched them taking my UCLA programs, like just, uh, uh, you know, slash private practice slash all my best knowledge, because at that point, I've had thousands of people who've lost weight successfully kept it off super happy the whole time and turn it into a program that can scale to millions of people. So um, it's it's been a process. We did a lot of testing, a lot of work. And it's thankfully, at the time, it was the biggest launch in Beachbody history. Wow. And it's super exciting. And now I have literally thousands of people all over the America, Canada, the UK doing the program, seeing amazing success. And it's, it's awesome. It's just, it's such, and I just had a baby six months ago. Also, like at the time, baby. and it's actually so much fun losing weight with this growing community. I mean, if you go to hashtag to be mindset, it's literally at a hundred thousand in six months. Like how many people are just loving living this way day to day, losing weight, keeping it off, um, still eating and enjoying their lives. Still eating real food. So what's at the core of the program? Because I've heard you talk about veggies and water. Is this the big trick? Okay, I mean, I have a lot of big tricks, but water first, veggies most is my trademark that Beachbody now has. Um, But that's like my big catchphrase, Mm -hmm. water first, veggies most. So um, I am a big, big, big proponent of drinking lots of water. I would say more water, more weight loss, but you kind of understand more why when you access the program and you, you get it. But water first, um, drinking lots of water before a meal because studies consistently show that drinking water before a meal helps you get fuller sooner, fills you up, takes up a lot of room in your stomach and lowers our hunger hormones, um, kind of silences that, oh my God, I'm starving. And the first thing I see is donuts. Water Mm -hmm. first, drink some water first. You're not starving. You ate a couple hours ago. You're good. Does it also speed your metabolism or did I make that up when I was? It's really cold. Maybe it can burn a calorie in your metabolism, but there's a, (laughs) there's a lot deeper, uh, science, um, beyond, it doing that. Um, And if people are interested more into the science and understanding behind each of my principles, I also created the to be mindset, like mentor certification. So people can get to be mindset certification.com that launched only very few months ago. And there's already thousands of people who are certified to be mindset mentors who wanted that deeper level of understanding and the actual studies proving why all of this works so well. Cool. Uh, so water first and uh, veggies most, as you know, and I talk about, I know a lot of people don't like veggies. It's not, you're not taking a, a big crown of broccoli and just 
you know, munching on it sadly. Like it's not like that at all. <laughs> it's delicious, delicious recipes that you do not even realize you're eating vegetables. Um, like my cauliflower fried rice or my like uh, uh, cauliflower rice risotto. I mean, like it's literally the most delicious thing you've ever eaten. It's you literally take like delicious cheese wedges and you you can microwave the whole recipe. You can be made in the microwave. You microwave it with like a bag of cauliflower rice. You stir it together. You can add some like garlic salt. You can add some scallions if you want. It's heavenly. You can eat the whole bowl and even more food and see a weight loss. Um, so it's all about like big, 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 delicious, satisfying, amazing meals with lots of veggies in it. But it's delicious. Like it's you'll see the recipes are I'm not like eating bird food all day that you don't have to think about. I mean, right. no, <laughs> I, I hear you. So-, so I love chocolate. I love flavor. I love like buttery things. I mean, it, it, you'll get all of that and more. Um, so that's so what are first veggies most is um, a big one of my first principles, because I think that's not only sure it helps people lose weight but I think you know like even you Yali like you look great even kids you know everyone should everyone it's a universal that's why I trademarked it and I share that beyond the program because it's everyone should be drinking more water eating more veggies it's Mm -hmm. good for overall health lowering lowering and for inflammation lowering risk for lots of issues that can come up when you're dehydrated and not eating any vegetables Uh, so right uh, and at the end of the day yes this is about the weight loss but it's about keeping it and having a healthy body so <laughs> that's why we're and, and that's and that's my whole thing is it's it's 100 percent sustainable so um and a lot of people don't have a lot of weight to lose but they do the program to improve their relationship with food i mean mm-hmm. there are some people who come up to me and say alana like i didn't have weight to lose but i had real disordered thinking really? around eating and your program i mean i'm just like thank you you know um anyone it it has unbelievable additional benefits, health mindset. So uh, let's talk about Jewish people in in a, in a Jewish community, Alana. As you know, and you mentioned behavior before, so much revolves around food, right? It's particularly yeah. in the more observant circles where really food is sent front and center. So yeah. my question is, if a person is struggling or has been struggling for many years with their relationship with food, but you know, really all these things, they are Keep having Shabbos every weekend. Exactly. We're accustomed to serving these big meals and plentiful holidays and Shabbos meals and having a table full of guests. And we don't want to cut on that, right? That That is part of the beauty of mm-hmm. our life. But mm-hmm. it often comes with all these baked goods and the challah and the this and the that. I could imagine that it could be really daunting for somebody who's struggling to have to cook and host all these meals when they themselves need to lose weight. So how do you, you know, how do you navigate that if, if you're in that situation? Totally. I mean, I have so many from Jews doing the program, uh, doing the program. Like I have, I have a whole uh, constituent in Israel. I don't know how they got the actual program because in addition to the downloadable videos, it comes with a water bottle, a tracker, a whole recipe book, uh, getting started guide, all these things. But I have like a whole constituent in Israel doing the program. That's and they, they must have just had people like fly out the materials and they were able to access it online. I don't know. But um, I mean, it, it I, people think, you know, a lot of uh, Italians or people of different nationalities will be like, you know, Alana, you don't get it. My family's all about food. I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I do get you it. You don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Thanksgiving has nothing on me. We do Thanksgiving every week, twice a week, every single week, a nine course meal. Yes. Um, so, you know, Shabbos is an interesting thing. I, you know, you can totally do the program over Shabbos. I, I don't, it's not about counting calories. It's not about restriction. I have something called the plated method that teaches you how to plate it wherever you are, a buffet, a restaurant, a Shabbos table, like how to plate it, how to design your plate. So I totally go to a Shabbos lunch. I, you know, have my water first. I, I'll, you know, a lot of people still make salads. They still make a Brussels dish side. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, hopefully we're moving away as a Jewish community from making, you know, carrot kugel with canned carrots. Like right. I really hope, I really hope and pray that the Jewish community has evolved beyond the, the just real dreck, I'll say. Yeah, like, no, I hear you. It's just dreck. And honestly, it's, it's so sad because it's so not what we're about. The, one of the main Jewish principles, why we don't have tattoos, is you take care of this one body. Hashem gave you one body. I spoke to a Jewish school yesterday, Torah Semes in Los Angeles. I spoke to eight grades at this school. And I said to them, I'm like, when you eat a vegetable, when you have a baby carrot with hummus or guacamole instead of a potato chip, you're doing two mitzvahs. And I had them call out and they literally answered this question. What are the two mitzvahs? Yeah, do you know what are the two mitzvahs you get? Or name one when you... Eat a veggie. What's a mitzvah you can get? You're taking care of your body. Yes. You're elevating the veggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, t- you're, you're taking you're- care of your body. Taking care of your body is a huge Jewish principle. Huge. And you're also making hadama. You're right. making the bracha, the blessing. Right. on you're elevating that vegetable. Came from our earth. And one kid raised their hand and goes, you're also doing kibbutz ava'im. Aww. Which is, you know, as we all know, like showing respect to your parents. That's so and sweet. You're so right. Because you know what your parents want? For you to be well. Right. So you are also doing keep it on the aim. You're making sure that you're going to be there for your friends. And you know what else you're doing? Another mitzvah you're doing, another good Jewish good deed you're doing is you're inspiring other people to right. take care Right. I was going to say, you're modeling. It's like pursuing Totally. <laughs> Being a positive influence on what everyone else needs. And, you know, all these moms who say, I had to buy the jelly donuts for my house. I had to make the deep fried latkes. You really don't. Right. You really don't need to bring home that babka. You really don't need to bring home that candy. Because you know what? They're getting it in school. They're getting it from friends. They're getting it at shul. They're getting it at kiddush. They're getting it at Shabbos party afterwards. They're getting it at dessert. Enough. Right. Show that you care and you love for your kids. And I said to all of these Torah SMS kids last night, I literally spoke to hundreds of kids between 8 and 13 and I, to these uh, really religious girls. And I said to them, when our mommy our daddy or Ima or Abba or Bubby or Zadie or Mora or teacher tells us to that they want us to have five more bites of zucchini soup or five more bites of our chicken or our steak. What should we answer? And depending on the grade, you know, they all called out and whatever. And I go, no, 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 no. You know what we answer? Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. Why do we say thank you? Raise your hand. And they would say, because it shows they care about us. Exactly. When your mom makes you vegetables when your mom makes you know cauliflower rice for shabbos dinner instead of white rice that's doing nothing for you at shabbos Mm -hmm. dinner she's showing you she cares about you and when you take a bite of that you're showing that you not only care about her who put the effort in you're showing you care about hashem who created these literally miracles 
for us right. to live off of and live well. Right. And, and I told them, I'm like, vegetables existed before mankind existed. And the kids said, like, because I even said it, it came after. And one kid's like, no, and Paracius, he created the land before he created Adam. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and I said, you're right. You're right. Like, Bisley, Sour Sticks, Bomba. Oh, gosh. Like, all this stuff, like, Kugels and Yopsick and all that. That's that just, like, come on. Like, let's really sanctify Judaism, our right. bodies, our community, by actually showing that we care about ourselves. Right, right, and right. And I'm right. saying you can't have dessert. I'm all about having a good bite of babka. But it, it's been exploited in our community, and it's we're suffering. I mean, yeah. you go to a kiddish on Shabbos, every man... I mean, it's really sad. But no, those and not even the kiddush, Alana. You go. There are plenty of homes that you see Shabbos morning. It's a it's why? a desserts. Why does why, why does a person have to have a, three desserts before they go to shul? I don't understand it. It's like, so destructive, right? It's, it's it's yes, I understand. I get that you have to say abrahamazonas. I've heard that before. That's fine. So have. A cracker with cheese and your fruit I, and your yogurt. <laughs> what? Really, honestly, everything is modeling. And the better, you know, every, you know, people follow me on Instagram. They see my daughter eating and she calls herself the green bean machine. And she eats all these veggies and she smiles and she eats cherry tomatoes like other kids eat gummy bears. Right. And a lot of people write to me, you know, how do you do that? And I'm like, you know, do my program. And I, honestly, the messages I get about, you know, people telling me my kid is stealing my water bottle, my kid just stole my cauliflower rice, my, my kid stole my roasted peppers and asparagus, and it's amazing, but it all comes from moms. It's what the motto, you do, Our kids just idolize us. All they know is what you show them. I, every mom loves to blame the schools. Every school loves to blame the moms. It's like, it's all a disaster, whatever. But moms hold all the power. That's why I love working with moms. I love specializing with moms. A big passion of mine was to help the, you know, pediatric obesity climate and work with kids because that's where I started. But I realized, like, like me, kids are defenseless. Kids are impressionable. It's the mom has to take power and start realizing that what you feed and serve the kids is not only a manifestation of your parenting skills, but also your relationship with the Hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when people own that and they give their kids cottage cheese and berries, like you say, and some holy crackers for Shabbos morning, and they smile around the table and they maybe even sing a little bit and they talk about what they did in the week and they talk about the Parsha, that is a Shabbos treat. Right. Because that's a special time that you don't get on a Tuesday. Powerful words, Alana Molstein. I can't believe it. Let's wrap it up with JLP fill in the blanks, okay? This with what? JLP fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show where I'm going to give you an open-ended sentence and you're yeah. going to just finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah? Got it. All right. I'm Alana Molstein and I feel most spiritual when? <sighs> um, my mother-in-law is like, everyone says lighting candles. Don't say lighting candles. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I do, I can't help it. I do love that separation between weekday and Shabbos that I'm I need so much. You. But I, um, I, I know this sounds weird, but I feel most spiritual. Like I feel like I daven and pray and thank Hashem so much when I'm in Shavasana at the ends of a yoga class. Mm. Um, <laughs> I feel like my mind and my body have been like worked to depletion. I have nothing else to think about, about uh, other than like how grateful I am for 
my husband, my kids, myself, my family, the mother who raised me, my father, you know, I just, I get really, um, I just leave feeling just so grateful and thankful. And that makes me feel incredibly close to Hashem and spiritual. My favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is? Interesting. Um, I love Asher Yatzar. Oh, wow. Which is so connected Asher. to your work. I, I don't think anyone realizes how much I say Asher Yatzar. Um, I, I do think, I mean, after learning about the digestive system and how beautiful it is that we have this beautifully working machine within our bodies that, gosh, I mean, at such a cellular and biological level, if you understood how beautiful our digestive tract is and how amazing it is that we can use the bathroom um, and how horrible it is when people are constipated mm-hmm. um, or have diarrhea or any of those issues. And I worked with lots of people. With all, I mean, it's I love to, um, I love the mitzvah saying Asher Yatzer such a cool answer for listeners who might be wondering this is the prayer that we say after using the bathroom and it really is such a beautiful prayer about the wonder the wondrous way that Hashem has made our body function and every detail has to work in a certain way for us to be able to function and that's what we that's what we got Celebrate it and recognize it. Exactly. Recognize there you go. I always say to people, Judaism is about celebrating life. It's about being mindful of the things, being mindful in life, celebrating it, mindfulness. Focusing on what's good or what could be made good rather than focusing on what isn't. Yes. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? I'm very blessed to be um, the grandchild of three Holocaust survivors and I take a lot of heart into that. And my Zadie, my grandfather, was a cantor after the war. Mm-hmm. And every day on Yom HaShoah, Day of Remembrance, we all the grandchildren get up and light a candle with him in front of the whole synagogue. And I hold that memory really, really dear to my heart all the time. I I really, I, I feel the sh- ongoing strength of my Holocaust surviving grandparents daily. And it really inspires me to be a fighter for a good cause on a daily basis. That's amazing. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is it's not all or nothing. Oh, what a cool answer. You're absolutely right. When I give tzedakah, I like to give too. I I love, I, I mean, I, I love the things that I see the daily impact of, um, like my synagogue, my daughter's school. Um, and I love Tom Shabbos that gives food to people who can't afford it yeah. within, yeah. My, within my community. Um, and of course, my Gindavid Dome and like Etta Israel that I was at last night. Um, you know, there's such good organizations out there. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm Ilana, I'm Ilana Milstein, and today I'm most grateful for... Being alive! <laughs> <laughs> my kids, my husband, you, I don't know, everything. I'm a very, I'm a very... Uh, grateful human being you know uh, there's a great uh there's a great new book called a thousand things by aj jacobs and it's he basically studied he wanted to learn how to be happier and he saw every study led to gratitude that that the way to be happy is through gratitude 
And, um, and the Torah has been saying it all along. <laughs> it's not glass half full necessarily. It's just, it, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all just focus. It's all just what you choose to focus on. Yes. Yes. What we choose to focus on. Alana Molstein, thank you so much. This thank was amazing. You. Everybody, you can find Alana at alanamolstein.com, right? Yes. And, um, and you can get my program at tobemindset.com. Just sign up today. Let's go. Amazing. Amazing. Alana, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Alana Molstein, for stopping by. You can find Alana at alanamolstein.com and her program, To Be Mindset, at tobemindset.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at alanamolsteinrd. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes. And if you know of a uniquely talented Jewish woman whom you'd like me to feature on the show, please let me know. I hope you're having a happy Hanukkah. And um, remember Alana's tips. Water first and veggies next. Is that what it is? And then you can... I guess you can indulge a little bit in your latkes and your donuts, but don't overdo it. Um, I'm headed to Washington, D.C. for a speaker's training with JWRP, but I will be here with you next week. Enjoy your Hanukkah. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.